Welcome to Happiness and Inside Job. This is episode 54, Lose Weight for the Last Time, and I'm your host, Connie Ackeson. Happiness and Inside Job is the go-to resource for Christian parents wanting to effectively communicate with teenage and young adult children utilizing powerful life coaching skills. What if I told you your children don't need to change anything in order for you to have a fulfilling relationship with them? You can change everything about your relationships with others by merely changing the way you think about them. Imagine the power you find when you stop depending on others for change and you create the change. Suddenly, you stop being the victim and you become the hero of your life. Welcome back, my friends. Today's topic is one of my absolute favorites to talk about. We are going to be learning how to lose your weight for the last time. How many of us are on and off diets? Seriously, though, can you even count the number of times you've started a new diet? Probably most of us have even spent a whole bunch of money trying something radical, hoping that that money will like buy the weight off our diet, right? Because this diet never fails. Now, the beginning of January, I posted a health challenge on my website. If you've never been there, you should definitely check it out. It's happiness-aninsidejob.com. One of the tabs across the top, kind of towards the right-hand side, says challenge. All you've got to do is click on that challenge, set up an account, and you can start fresh with us in February. The idea is that we are creating a lifestyle. We're not going on a diet. We are figuring out a way that we can eat forever. So many people just want to go on a quote-unquote diet, lose the weight as fast as they can, and go back to the lifestyle that they know and are comfortable with. My friends, it is exactly that lifestyle that has gotten us to our current weight. And the only way to change that is to change our relationship with food. Now, our relationship with food is no different than our relationship with anything else. It is solely our thoughts about food. Now, when I first share this idea with people, they tend to look at me like a deer in headlights. They think it can't possibly be as simple as truly changing my thoughts around food. And I can't change my thoughts around food. I love whatever, fill in the blank. Some people are addicted to chocolate. Some people sugar. Some people diet Coke. Whatever it is, we all have our favorite sin. Now stick with me for just a minute before you decide I am completely crazy. Back up 25 years ago, and I had my very first baby girl. She was beautiful, and she was perfect in every way, until suddenly she wasn't. Almost overnight, she started throwing up or pooping out absolutely everything we gave her. This went on for months. I would give to her what seemed to be the most innocent of foods, the safest foods that couldn't possibly harm anyone, and yet they always came back up. If she didn't throw them up, they came out her rear end in an absolutely liquid and highly acidic form. It was the saddest thing I've ever witnessed in my life. My baby girl was literally starving to death before my eyes. 
She looked like one of those babies on National Geographic. You know, the ones in Ethiopia where their stomachs stick out as if they're pregnant and they're hard and distended, and yet their bum cheeks just sink because they're completely without muscle tone. That is literally how my baby girl at 14 months looked. I distinctly remember one day feeding her canned peaches. What could possibly go wrong with canned peaches? I cut them up and she gladly ate them because she was starving. She was always hungry and so she'd eat no problem. And 24 hours later, 24 hours later, she threw up those peaches and they were exactly the same size as when they went down. Her system had not digested them at all. That is when I knew something was really, really wrong. It was scary. I literally thought she was going to die. I took her into the doctors and I was insistent that they do something quickly. They started running their normal rounds of tests, but before they could find anything, we were in the emergency room for dehydration. My heart went out to the poor nurse whose job it was to find a vein plump enough to get the IV in. And Kayla was too sick to fight back or even cry. She just laid there on the table completely limp. Now when a child becomes that sick, doctors begin to expedite their testing process. And it wasn't long before my daughter at 14 months old was diagnosed with celiac disease. Some of my friends felt like that was a pretty devastating diagnosis and offered lots of sympathy. I didn't need sympathy. At that point, I was willing to do absolutely anything to get my little girl well again. And isn't it interesting that at 14 months old, all we had to do was look at her when she pointed to a food she wanted and tell her, sweetheart, that will hurt your tummy. That's all we had to say is that'll hurt your tummy. And she'd never, ever put up a fuss. She has never in 25 years intentionally eaten gluten because if there is one thing that child clearly understands, it's pain. Now, fast forward a few years. When my youngest daughter was 12, she started having some weird health problems. And I told her, Emily, with your family history of celiac disease, there is no way the doctors are going to look at anything else until we rule this out. And she looked at me and she said, mom, it doesn't matter what the results of that test are. You know, I'm not going to go gluten-free. Now, my Emily is addicted to baking shows. She grew up dreaming of becoming a chef. She loves food. She loves baking food. She loves creating food. She loves recreating what other chefs have done that are masterpieces. At that point in her 12-year-old life, she could not imagine ever being willing to change the way she ate until her test results came back and all of a sudden, she too was celiac. She took the news of the diagnosis hard. She was very devastated And slowly over time, she experimented with eating gluten and going off of gluten. And it wasn't long before she too decided the pain just wasn't worth it. So Kayla's thought about all things gluten is that'll hurt my tummy. And Emily's is not far from it. And overnight, those girls were able to change their relationship with all things gluten. Changing the way we eat truly is as simple as changing your thoughts about food. In January, so many of us start strong. We are going to absolutely become the healthiest version of ourselves. We're gonna lose the weight. We're gonna hit the gym and build muscle. 
We are so determined January 1, and about this time of the month is when our determination starts waning. Your goal is only as strong as your reason why. Emily and Kayla, they want to feel well. The truth is, I do too. I was talking to a client not long ago, and she said, I'm just tired of the drama over food. And I reminded her, drama is in your feeling line, my friend. It is not a circumstance. It is your thoughts around food that are creating the drama. It's not the food itself. It's completely neutral until you have a thought about it. There are things that we want to binge on, and there are other things we would never touch. For example, with me, soda is not an issue. My thought when I look at soda is not worth the calories. On the other hand, when I look at some delicious cake that somebody's made, I want to eat the whole thing. And if I taste a bite and it's really good, then I really want to finish the whole thing. On the other hand, I never regret not ever taking the first bite. Isn't it interesting that we can look at someone else who has a vice that isn't tempting to us? For example, hard drugs have never been an issue for me. And I can look at people who are addicted to hard drugs, and it's obvious to me why they should stop, why they should change their ways, why they need to get into rehab today. On the other hand, when I'm looking inward at myself and a sugar addiction and a history of type 2 diabetes, my brain wants to tell me that it's not as clear-cut of a decision. It is, my friends, if I want to feel healthy long-term, if I want to create the healthiest version of myself, the healthiest long-term version of myself, that absolutely includes a healthy diet and regular exercise. This change, real change, is not created by willpower or force. That is like pushing that ball under the water, and as soon as you lose grip on it, it is going to come bursting to the surface, or you're going to go out and start binging on all those foods that you've been resisting. Instead of resisting those foods, let's really think about it. Is that treat that you think that you want, is it really a reward? Have you earned it because you've been so good? Or have you earned the right to be skinny because you have created a lasting change in your life? Real change and real lasting weight loss only occurs as we change our relationship with food, as we change our thinking around food. So instead of setting my normal standard weight loss goals beginning January 1, I decided to become a person who doesn't crave flour and sugar any more than I crave drugs and alcohol. So instead of always having drama and having to make a decision every time desserts are placed in, in front of me, I can just decide ahead of time. I don't eat that. Before long, people just know that about you and they stop offering it to you. My girls, nobody ever offers them gluten. And if they do... Kayla and Emily graciously decline with a no thank you, and there is no head drama over it because there's no food that could possibly be worth the stomach pain they'd have to endure for days after eating gluten. So with no drama, they say no thank you and they move on. The only difference between Kayla and Emily and the reasons why they don't eat gluten and the rest of us and the reasons we keep breaking our diets over and over and over again are our thoughts around the food and our determination, our hard why. 
they have absolutely decided stomach pain is not worth any food, anything you could possibly offer them. They've decided ahead of time it's not worth it. Our whole entire protocol can be derailed the minute we think a thought like, I can't let this food go to waste. Some of the best advice I got on the day I got married was waste the food before you waste your waste. I love that saying. The food was wasted the minute our kids decided they were going to stop eating. For us to eat excess food beyond what our bodies actually need in order to not waste it, it's just wasting it a second time by creating excess on our bodies. In order to lose the weight forever and forever change the trajectory of our health, we need to be willing to re-examine every thought we have about food. Really question, is this true? Does it make sense? If my friend came to me and gave me this excuse about why she's eating that food, would I consider it a viable excuse for her? During my January health challenge, we have really focused our efforts to make sure we're drinking at least 64 ounces of water a day, not eating flour or sugar, getting enough sleep, establishing a routine as a person who exercises at least a little bit every day writing down our food protocol so we decide ahead of time what we are and are not going to eat, eating at least two servings of vegetables a day. Now, as we complete these goals at the end of each day, we get to record points on the site's leaderboard. That gives our brain immediate gratification for sticking to our goals and for keeping commitments to ourselves. Our brains love immediate gratification and a little healthy competition. Now, my friends, if you missed out on January, it is not too late. Every day is a new start. Every month is a new start. The leaderboard gets erased and begins again February 1st. So wherever you're at in your journey, please consider coming joining us. This is completely free. We share ideas and encourage one another. And if you're not a member of ThoughtWorks, you really ought to consider it. It's in ThoughtWorks that we really dive deep into our thoughts. We look at our thoughts as if through a microscope and examine which ones are really getting us where we want to be and which ones we want to change up a little. If you're not sticking to your food plan, let's really take a look at the thoughts that are sabotaging your actions. You cannot truly change your thinking until you really understand it. Don't waste another minute. Head on over to www.happiness-insidejob.com and get registered today for ThoughtWorks. We'll see you next week.